Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you once again on a Tuesday night just after 9 o'clock Eastern. And with me as always is the big brother Rich. Rich, how are you? Doing just wonderful. Still digging out from all the snow. Still digging out from. I didn't even ask you how much snow did you have. Um, at our house here, probably just under eleven inches of snow. Um, um mom and dad eight miles to the east of us. Um, probably just a little over a foot. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, I probably got. We probably got close to right around a foot between yeah. between ten and twelve inches here. Well, the tough part today was the east. The tough part today was the 25 mile an hour sustained winds with gusts of 40. They, yeah, that we've had it, all day. It so. wasn't. It was a little bit windy here, you know, enough to blow the snow out of the trees, a little bit off the roof, stuff like that, but not really. But I kind of live down in. Let, let's just say this: in my neighborhood, all the water runs out through my yard and sometimes pulls up, pulls up out just at the edge of my yard. So yes, we're have a, so so the water runs down there, but it also blocks the wind a little bit at times. So um but I noticed it a little bit. But yeah, we you know enjoying the snow. If it's going to be winter time, it's gonna be cold, you might as well have snow. That's always been there. And here we go. Um someone from um Steve Sapos Sapos I hope I said that right. He said they got 30 inches in Allentown yeah, I, saw that. I saw that up that way. I was like oh I, man good for that. Yeah. That's you know, as much as I like a good 24 to 30 inches of snow, actually, you know, here of mm -hmm. late, just having, you know, 10, 12 and lots of cold and wind up here makes me feel like, you know, winters when we were kids. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember um, times where we 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 didn't have school, and it was like, okay, will we reach a high temperature that's in the positives? You know, yeah. we, we had that at time at, at kids, but uh, hey, let's talk some Steelers. Uh, got an interesting topic tonight that we're going to get to. We're going to talk about a couple things with the news, but it's these news things that kind of led to this topic of is Pittsburgh a great landing spot still? Is that still kind of a place to be when it comes to the NFL? So the biggest news that we've had um, is that the Steelers did hire the, their offensive line coach. It was reported yesterday, and it was made official today that Adrian Clem, the the assistant offensive line coach for the last two seasons, was now hired to be the offensive line coach. Now that raised an awful lot of questions among Steeler fans and media about, all right, well, if your assistant coach was the guy, why'd you wait so long? Why'd you have the other interviews? if he was really the, the 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 best guy to do it. But I got some answers for that. Um, but th- that's who the Steelers went with. And what are your thoughts on that? What do you, do you share some of this? I mean, when I first heard it, I was like, I'm not a big fan of this. Now we'll talk about how we can maybe change our perspective about it a little bit, but uh, what, Look, what was your first impression? D- doing all the interviews and going through that process is to me that's still Dan Rooney's fingerprints on the Steelers. All right. Okay. Because if you remember, oh, let's travel back, way back in time. <laughs> way back. <laughs> and you know, the thoughts were that, you know, when Cower left that it was either going to be, you know, Russ Graham or Ken Wisenhunt, one of the two mm-hmm. of them was going to get the head coaching job and they talked about, it, talked about, it, talked about it. They go through the entire process and then surprise everybody by hiring outside and taking Mike Tomlin. If there's one thing I feel that Dan Rooney left on the Steelers was the, no matter what you think before, go through the entire process, then decide. Because if somebody, if even if you think you have the guy, you may have a better guy if you go through the process yeah. as you should. Make sure, if you think that's the guy, you better go through, make sure that's the guy. Yeah, it, you, it sounds like you just described the process in hiring the offensive coordinator. Yes. Because, you know, that kind of seemed to be how it was. And and I'm going to, when we get to this question, I'm there's a lot to dig into here, which leads into the title of the show, but we're, we're going to get there. We're going to talk about this a little bit first because there, there are certain things that the Steelers said they wanted. They said they wanted someone who had NFL experience playing. That was something their last coach did not have, yeah. which makes you wonder what was going on there. Did maybe he lose the room a little bit because they're like, dude, you've never done this though. You know, I, you know, some of these guys have been playing for a long time. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not saying. No, There's, but, I haven't heard anything like that. Right. But maybe that goes a little bit into it. Um, you said about going through the process. This is another thing that that I thought was interesting. Two years ago, right before they hired Adrian Clem to be the the assistant offensive line coach, they first hired an offensive line coach who was just let go. 
in Sean Surrett after the departure of Mike Munchak, that wasn't even three hours. And that was made official. Right. You know, that's how quick of a turnaround that was. So what you're saying is maybe they realize that's not the way you should do things and you should maybe look into it a little more. Is that what you're saying? doesn't matter if you're talking head coach, coordinators, assistant coaches, the water boy, you know. Yeah. That uh, I, I think they're learning that they should make sure and they go through the entire process of everything. Yes. Um, because if you do, if you go through the entire process and, and you make a mistake, okay, we made a mistake. If you knee jerk, jump, react and do it, you made a mistake. Then the question is, well, why didn't you do your due diligence? Yeah. Yep. I, I, I see exactly what you're saying. So that, that hire was made official today. Now, one of the things that went along with that was some, you know, people like what's going on. I, I put an article out on the website today behind the steel curtain.com your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers um, that brought in throw, some, I had to throw up there that Thaddeus yeah. said the water boy is who we need a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd look yeah. real nice next to Devin Bush. So. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of a young Zach Thomas. No, Greg Lloyd. Sorry. Um, That um, I I did an article where some former Steelers and current Steelers kind of chimed in a little bit about the hire. Um, Technically, only one of the things that I covered was a player that's under contract for this year. And that was from Chooksakora 4. Um, He had put something on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram, but it was reported on Twitter um, by Brian Batko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. So I shared that, that um, it was a picture of the two of them. And he's like, best season ever coming up uh, or something to that regard. Uh, Zach Banner chimed in, said something along the lines of, uh, you all don't know him. We do. Trust me, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Ramon that, Foster. That, that, yeah. that tweet actually said a lot to me. Yeah. Yep. So that was good. I, I liked Ramon Foster's because remember, Foster played in 2019. So mm-hmm. he was there for a season with Coach Clem. And he had some, and he had a ver- varying different things to say about it. Uh, I think he had three or four different things that he shared. But the one I want to focus on comes from a former Steelers player that, you know, has been gone for a while. And that is uh, Trey Essex. Mm-hmm. Trey Essex said, now listen up y'all. Everyone wants to gush over Kevin Dotson as a rookie. He's like, do you know who works with the rookies? The assistant offensive line coach, yep. because the offensive line coach is getting the starters ready for everything going on. Who's working with the non-starters, the assistant coach. And if everyone wants to talk about Dotson coming out and not having training camp and not having anything else and him coming out and him known as a run blocker and not a pass blocker and him becoming, I'm pretty sure he still finished the season as the highest ranked pass blocking guard in the NFL, according to pro football focus, take those rankings for however you believe them. And, um, and that's what he kind of developed into this year. So Trey Essex's point was, Hey, maybe there's something more to this. Maybe, maybe there is a little bit more. Um, what do you think about those comments? Um, I thought what Trey, uh, Trey Essex, his is the one that kind of stood out to me as well. Just, um, Hey, you know, he would be the coach working with the guys who aren't 
normally the starters. Mm -hmm. So everybody was surprised at how ready Dotson was when we had to put him in there. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to give him credit where it's due. He started week two. He started week two. You know, had to go in at the very end of week one. I mean, and he was he was ready and he did the job. And yeah. um, now I, I can't say for sure that that was kind of, that that was Coach Clem's project or anything to make sure. Hey, no. get him up to speed. I don't know. They didn't say that, no. but um, that's just but, interesting to know. So, what well, was also nice to see from Ramon Foster since he did have a year with him, mm-hmm. um, and say, hey, look, you know, if if. The big ragu is saying, no, hey, they'll be good with this guy. Yeah, now doing, you know, Ramon Foster being out of the league, but Mm -hmm. still, you know, having connections and covering the Steelers and things like that. You know, he, for him to say those kind of things, again, just puts me at ease a little bit. What Zach Banner had to say, yeah, puts me at ease a little bit. If the guys that are going to have this guy as their position coach, if they have confidence in him, as a coach, mm-hmm. I feel better about it. Yep. Yeah. And um, we're going to get into that a little bit more, but we're going to hit one other thing that was some news today. Um, it's not really news. The Steelers added another player to it with a with a futures contract. Um, it, uh, it's an offensive tackle who um, he's played. He spent the last four years in Minnesota. Um, I can't – Collins is the last name. I remember that. Um, he's only got one start – Tested really well with the combine when he came out, but uh, just hasn't really broken in. So it would be a project thing. Not like there's any expectations there with any futures contract. But the only reason I'm bringing it up was it made me research into this to to put it in the article that announced it. Do you realize the Steelers only have one player from their 53-man roster that plays tackle that is under contract for this year? Correct, and sense. that is Chuksa Chuksa for yeah. This now makes the I'm pretty sure it was the f- one the the fifth futures contract for tackle. So don't see them doing much more tackle on the on that kind of side of the thing with the futures contract, what's not because you got a bunch of them. If you do, you might see them drop somebody else or whatnot. So found that interesting that the, the fact that they're going with no tackles. Do you? You know, Gerald Hawkins is a free agent. Zach Banner's a free agent. Alejandro Villanueva is a free agent. And this new signing that they had, he's 27, which puts him as the oldest lineman they currently have under contract. Now that's the same age as Banner and Hawkins, but right. um, that was that that was interesting. Um, thoughts on the tackle position? Um, just uh, I, I do expect to. Uh, have one of our our guys that's not under contract. At least one of them will be resigned. Honestly, I expect it to be Zach Banner. Yeah, Zach Banner's not going to comment about that about the hiring of the new coach and saying, "Hey, you don't know him. We know him. Trust me, we're good." If he's going to be leaving town, he's talking like I mean, he's already said best exit interview ever. Um, I think they kind of have an idea what they're going to be doing there. Yeah, I think, so, so I think too. he'll be back, and we'll have an opportunity to. To earn, a, I don't think it's going to be handed to him, but he's going to have no. an opportunity to earn a starting spot, just like he did last year. And uh, yep. basically, it's almost like hitting the reset button after a year for him. Yeah, um, I really think he'll. We'll end up with him. We'll mm-hmm. probably do right by him and give him a one-year deal mm-hmm. and say this is your chance to come in and prove it. And 
and then either you know re-sign up you know and be a part of our future or give you the opportunity yeah. to where you can be elsewhere yeah, so I mean, he did the one-year prove it last year, and I, yep. I think by by he he proved it, but he, then he got injured. So, in order to prove it, you got to sustain it, and he wasn't he didn't have that opportunity. Right. So I could see them just run it, you know, you know, just running it back. You know, you ever if, if for those of you that ever played football or coach football, what do you do whenever you're doing? You know, you run a play, something doesn't go right in practice. All right, run it back. Okay, that's what they're going to do with with Banner. They're going to run it back, in my opinion. But because they only have one tackle um, under contract, that's why on the Steelers preview I said if I had to pick right now, I'd do it right now based on the Steelers roster and who they have signed. What position are you taking in the first round? That's why I said offensive tackle because that's the the biggest need that I see there. But a lot of things are going to change between now and the draft with yep. free agency inside of your own players and everything. Um, things just like last year. I remember actually peeking in at the senior bowl some last year, watching the tight ends because tight end was such, you know, that's probably what the Steelers are going to have to take with their, with their second. Yeah, going to need a tight end, need a tight end. Next thing you know, we sign Ebron and it's like, okay, that's yep. off the board. Check. <laughs> yep. They can really go whatever way they want. So to get back to our question, what led me to the question of is Pittsburgh still a desirable destination when it comes to the NFL? Meaning it has the history of players want to, you know, you find out you're drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, you know what kind of franchise you're going to. I mean, you weren't just picked by, I mean, you weren't picked by the Jaguars. Sorry. To, I mean, I haven't been around that long. That's why I can use them as an example. You are now a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a big deal. It's been a big deal for a long time. You know, this is a place that players don't want to leave and other players would like to go. This was even true when it comes to coaching. Is it still the same? Now, before I have you answer that question, the whole reason I even thought of this was because of the process of the Steelers hiring an offensive line coach. They they apparently talked with at least two other candidates, but the other report, and I should have looked this up to remember his name, but really his name is not important. But he was the he's the offensive line coach for the Houston Texans, and the Steelers requested an interview, and he went and interviewed with the Giants and not with the Steelers. What does that tell you? Does that read anything into you? Is it that Pittsburgh isn't a desirable city anymore? Or do you think that what well, you, no, you know that no on a, you want me to be honest? My, yeah. So with first, this specific reaction, since yes. I'm so great at those, yeah. Um <laughs> what guy wouldn't want to go coach the offensive line that's blocking for Saquon Barkley? Okay. That's a really good point. I didn't think of that one. That's a good point. Would you would you rather go coach an offensive line mm-hmm. to block for Saquon Barkley or go coach an offensive line looking at our backfield? That's true. That's a good point. You know, but like I say, it takes it takes multiple things to be able to run the football. It takes a running back and it takes someone to open the holes for the running back. Right. You, know, you could be you could be a great running back and doesn't matter if you if you can't even get going because you just can't do it. My my question was 
was there something about the situation that he that would someone would not want to come to Pittsburgh, other than it being Pittsburgh? Is it the aging offensive line? Is it question marks within the organization between the line and Ben Roethlisberger and things like that? Um, is it? Was it that you felt like you were only going through the motions and that the Steelers already had their guy that they wanted, but they were just bringing in some other people just to just to make sure? Could be. It could be any one of those things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Take, take your pay. It's one of yeah. those you can put them all up on the wall, throw a dart, hit one, and you can make an argument for it. Yes, because the initial narrative when they announced – well, not renounced, when it was reported that Coach Clem was going to be the, the hire for the Steelers was he got the job because they couldn't convince anyone else to do it. That's was the That was the knee-jerk reaction right away. Hey, they had him the whole time. They didn't, you know, his name wasn't even mentioned as being someone they were considering. And then they're talking to all these other people. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's back to him. It's because they couldn't get anyone else to do it. I don't know that that's the case. I don't know if that's the case either. But could it be? Could Pittsburgh? Oh, it could have been. Yeah. Again, like now, I said, throw all up on the wall and throw a dart. And if you hit that, yeah, you could argue that, yeah. that that was the case. Um, You know, if you made me rank it, you know, or put a percentage to it or something, I'd be like, you know, for that, I'd probably be in the 10%. That could be the case kind of range. So it's not like it's totally off the board. I don't think it would happen. But the chances of that being the sole reason, I think, are small. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. So that's, that's, the the thing was it is it so whether that was the specific case for this or not then that's the question let's look at it first from a coaching standpoint since that's the way it came the way it came up is coaching for the Pittsburgh Steelers one of the more desirable destinations in the NFL hmm okay um I'm going to go with this slightly different. Okay. Okay. Go for it. This could be a tougher year. Okay. Because you look at the Steelers, who they have in their contract, what their caps situation is and everything like that. And it looks kind of rough. Okay. But let's back up three years ago. If you'd asked three years ago, anybody is Pittsburgh a place you want to go? People would have been, you know, falling all over trying to get there at that point in time. So the ups and downs of whether someone wants to go there or not, there are a lot of different factors that could play into Mm -hmm. it. To me, if it were me and they came and said, Hey, big burst, go, we want you to to coach here. And I had the option there or somewhere else. One of the things I would really be looking at is like, okay, here's all they have under contract. Here are all these free agents. Here's where they are with the cap, man. What are they, what am I going to have to work with? Yeah. And if I'm not sure what I'm going to have to work with with this team, and I know what I'm going to have to work with with another team, and I feel more confident in that, I'm going where the confidence is. Because ultimately, me as a coach, whether it be, you know, an offensive line coach, a special teams coach, somewhere, you know, I'm looking to further my career. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so do remember that from these from these folks. So also, is, is yeah. you know, they're looking to to for this to be something that could lead them to the next step. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that the step this particular year for the Steelers is as good as that step would be in other years. Gotcha. So you're saying right now it might not be the most attractive. I'm going to say this. I think it also depends on on what position you're talking about coaching. Correct. I mean, I think I I think I kill yours got it made. Yes. Right? I mean, if I kill your even if it, we don't even if yeah. the Steelers do not re-sign Juju. Yeah. I kill yours in good shape. Yeah. So not only that, think about this. I kill your was he was looked at at one point for an offensive coordinator job. Uh, I think it was Tennessee, not exactly sure. Um he ended up not being the person for that job. If the Steelers were to lost, I kill you. I have a feeling that would have been an attractive job. Yep. If the Steelers decided that, you know what, we're going to go, we're going to have Keith Butler going back to being just the defensive coordinator. We're going to bring in another outside linebackers coach. You think someone that you think someone would jump at the chance to come in here and coach TJ Watt? Oh, heck yes. I think they would. You know, that's kind of like um, if the Rams want you to be their defensive line coach, you know what I'm saying? Um, or, one- or even, or even, you know, if Keith Butler would not have been brought back for this year, yeah. would you have been able to find a top-notch defensive coordinator? I think with, so. With the guys that we have, with Devin Bush, with TJ mm-hmm. Watt, with Mika Fitzpatrick, and, yeah. you know, oh, I think, you know, people would have jumped all over that. Yeah. Now, I'm now the Steelers promoted Matt Canada to the offensive coordinator. Some people are like, oh, I don't like the inside hire. It's hard Dude, to call him inside hire. He was here one year. And honestly, it was almost like a writing on the wall. When he was brought in last year, so many people were like, he's going to be the offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. He's the guy yep. in waiting. And then it happens and people were upset about it. I'm like, <laughs> you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, they're bringing him him to be the next OC. And then the next year he's the OC. And oh, why are they doing it? You know, it's, it's, that's crazy. But the question was, they did have a couple other interviews with the offensive coordinator position. You don't know if that's what they were wanting. They have you know, they to want to do that. Yeah, they had they to have to I with, know. The, with the coordinator position. Yes, 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 they did. But the question was, was either of those other candidates even interested in the position? That's because the then the next question was: hey, you've got Pep Hamilton. Who was the who was the quarterbacks coach in in I almost said San Diego for the Chargers? Okay, in Los Angeles, um, all new staff and everything going on there. The Steelers have already signed the tight ends coach, right? Alfresco, no, Alfredo, um, Alfredo Roberts is who came from from the Chargers. You're like, okay, so they didn't hire Pep Hamilton as as the as the offensive coordinator. Do you think they could get him as the quarterbacks coach? Well, he signed as the quarterbacks coach. I'm pretty sure that one was Houston, correct? Somewhere. Um, so the question is, how desirable is that quarterbacks coach position right now for Pittsburgh? Knowing that you've you've got the situation with Roethlisberger, then you've got. Rudolph and Haskins, that's what you got. Do do you see that as a desirable position for the for the Steelers? No, I don't. Yeah. So someone confirmed I was correct. We're now trying to we're now trying to fill probably the two least desirable positions in offensive line coach. Okay, that's 
and quarterback coach. Yeah. Then I also wrote an article saying, are they going to, are they going to even look at a defensive backs coach? There's been no reports out there of, of anyone coming in or any discussions, but remember, cause you had, you know, the defensive backs coach, um, they, they let Tom Bradley, his contract expire, but you also had another defensive backs coach and, and, um, defensive assistant coach in Terrell Austin. Is he just going to slide into that role, you know, and maybe bring in another coach? They don't know. They haven't announced, but the sure. fact that they haven't, there hasn't been anything tied to the Steelers with that one makes you think that that is something they could do. So, the, so that's interesting. So your answer overall, when it comes to coaching is if, is Pittsburgh still a desirable place to go? You're saying rather than being like the, the Steelers is a noted franchise that the bigger issue comes down to the actual situation of the players you're going to be coaching than Correct. history. I can get on board with that. So what, what it is, it's very, now when it comes to head coach, I mean, who wouldn't want to be the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers? It's basically the most secure job in professional sports. So now before we get off the coaching subject and we'll, we'll take a break and we'll come back and then we'll talk about players. Um, I know people have said it in the live chat here. I think I saw it at once. I'm not really focused on it because we're having a, a good conversation here. Um, but I've seen this in a bunch of different places where they say the Steelers, everyone wants to call the Steelers cheap when it comes to their coaches. Okay. Now I understand that some people that they want to say that that's the narrative, but my question is, is it really? You're like, well, the Steelers have the lowest payroll of their coaching staff. Well, why do they have the lowest payroll? Because they have the lowest number of coaches. Because they have the lowest number of coaches. And okay. people are like, do they do that because of the payroll issue would pay their coaches? That's what some people want to believe, and that's the narrative they're going with. And I'm not saying that you're that you're definitely wrong, but I'm not saying that the evidence is there to say that you are definitely right. Okay? Because the one thing that, that they've asked about, even with Coach Tomlin and everything else, when it comes to having adding more coaches, everything else, is that sometimes you just don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. Yep. That more coaches doesn't always mean better coaching. Now, you don't want to skimp. You don't want to skimp, you know? But at the same time, that's just one of those things to remember. So is it intentional? Is it specifically about the money? Or is it really just about what their philosophy is when it comes to coaching? Hard, hard to tell. Um, yeah. I would think it has, a, there may be a little bit of truth to both. Um, what I, The one thing that I would jump back on right now is, is when Randy Feekner first moved from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator, and they did not bring in another quarterback coach. Yeah. And then when Ben got hurt last year, we kind of saw what not having that quarterback coach to be working on developing those younger guys. We saw what that did. Mm -hmm. And then we had Matt Cannon as a quarterback coach this year. Yeah. And I think that helped those other guys. Mm -hmm. So... You can't say that we just won't do it because we turned around and realized it was a bad thing and we fixed that. 
Um, so I, I would lean more towards saying is that we spend a lot of time thinking about where do we really need somebody? Yeah, when we saw that that, that left a deficiency at quarterback coach, then we made sure we got a quarterback coach. I would imagine we're going to have a quarterback coach again. Yes, that that's already been stated that that's or reported that they are going um, that route. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so just something to talk about. I wanted to bring that up. And sometimes, believe it or not, people people get so. I mean, all of a sudden, everyone believes this. Oh well, the Steelers are cheap when it comes to coaches. The Steelers are cheap to come to coaches. Are they? I mean, it, it's funny because it's with many things in life. Whenever you hear the phrase, I'm, I hope I don't get in trouble with this. Well, everybody knows that. Chances are what you're saying is not true. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to say everybody knows that because you're trying to ban- you're trying to say that this is something that's just accepted, but just because it's accepted doesn't mean it's true. So um, let's just say this. It doesn't look it you have good evidence to say that that could be the case, but it's but it doesn't necessarily mean that your data that that is the only conclusion you can draw from your data. You know, the Steelers have the lowest payroll because they have the lowest number of coaches, which it's cause and effect. Are they choosing to have a lower payroll or are they choosing to have a lower number of coaches? I'm not exactly sure, so it's really tough to tell. Yeah, and sometimes it can be dependent on exactly – it can be dependent on the people you have. Yeah. You know, there are some guys that can be a secondary coach, Mm -hmm. okay? You may have a different person in there and and then realize this person can coach corners. We need another person to coach safeties. Mm -hmm. But if you have the right guy and can do both, then you're one less coach. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I mean, obviously after one season with coach Bradley, they felt like they needed to bring in someone else from the secondary. Um, That's why I thought he might not last super long because they did that after one, just one season. That's kind of how they work. We're going to take our quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about is Pittsburgh a desirable place for players to either stay, to come to, to, to look to come there, things like that. Um, If we have some time, we'll do some questions and then we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming game this weekend. um, Simply because it's it's, it's only the biggest game of the season. So if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, well, you're right. If you're a Steelers um, fan, it's not. Well, I mean, for, for the NFL, it's the, you you can't say that. Um, But, um, you're starting to sound like our father. Jeez, my goodness. I, that was, I was like, how did you learn how to run it? I was like you. Oh, no. <laughs> so if you're listening father, to us on the audio side, go ahead and click on over to part two. And if you're with us on Facebook or YouTube, stay right there for just a few seconds and we will be right back. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. 
perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.